Today our guest is Ross Davey from Ross Davey Advertising. Ross is also the winner of a number of commercial industry awards for advertising. Nine goldies in total, which includes two recent goldies at the Commercial Radio Queensland Goldie Awards for Yellow Cabs. Call a yellow, only call a yellow cab. Also, uh, a national award that Ross has won uh, for the best radio commercial in Australia at the Ra Awards for Victoria Coffee. Uh, Ross also is uh, the breakfast announcer on Brisbane's News Talk 4BC. Welcome, Ross. How are you going? Welcome, Matt. Very well, thank you. Nice to be here. Nice studios. Thank you for having me today. Right. <laughs> yes, well, it's actually um, nice to be on the other side of the desk. <laughs> I'm sure it's a little different for you. Yeah. Don't now, know what to say. <laughs> now, Ross, tell me about how you started out in radio. Okay. Uh, I started in radio uh, in 1980 in Sydney. Uh, I was working as a, a rep with the company. Um, Must have been about 15 uh, years old, were you? Uh, you're being very, very flattering. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, in 1980, how old was I? I was uh, 26. So, uh, and I was uh, pursuing a career path that was uh, was okay at the time. I, I started life as a quantity surveyor, but gave that away to play in a in a rock band for a while, semi sort of professionally, and uh, lost my way a little bit here, there, and everywhere. Had a few jobs, and was uh, uh, sort of, uh, I suppose looking around for something new and a mate of mine was working at an ad agency in Sydney, Schofield Sherbon Baker. He uh, called me up and said, look, they're looking for a, a bloke that's uh, able to uh, look after their advertising agencies uh, at uh, radio station 2UW in Sydney. Would you be interested? So uh, I said, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm interested. Now, uh, radio in the 80s in Sydney was basically uh, going to lunch a lot. And believe it or not, the interview for the job at 2UW took place in the pub. And uh, I was successful in, in getting the spot, and uh, that's where I started. I started in Sydney uh, as an agency executive, uh, worked at, at 2UW for a while. My my wife uh, is from Brisbane, and so after a couple of years of doing that, she was missing a family, and uh, so we organised a kind of an internal transfer through CBN Sales and ended up here at 4BC. I know you're very busy. You've got your radio show. You've got your clients that you handle. Yep. Uh, you do a lot of speaking at different events as well. How do you juggle it all with your family? Yeah, that's, uh, look, <laughs> I got out of radio in uh, 1992 after a pretty horrible year in Sydney uh, and and vowed I wouldn't go back into it simply because it, it, I got too involved in the politics of it all and, and I was, at the time, I, this is before I became a Christian too, Matt, mm. and so at the time I was um, uh, 10 foot tall and bulletproof, you know, and uh, had, a, had an ego that uh, was pretty amazing. At least I thought so. <laughs> and and uh, so I, as I said, you got, got out of it in 92 and, and went into business for myself in, uh, in 96. In between that, 92 and 96 was my, was my conversion, you know, uh, over a period of years. But, uh, so from, from 92 through to 2001 were, uh, fabulous years for my family because I was home all of the time with, when we got five kids. And, uh, I said I would never get back into radio again. In 2001, an offer came along, which, uh, I really had to sort of deliberate over, I suppose. And, and Sandra, my wife and I, you know, discussed it at length and, and I was of the opinion that it wasn't very good for the family. Now, Sandra is, you know, she's, she's just, 
amazing. She's just my strength. And she has taken it upon herself to Monday to Friday basically rear the family you know i'm i'm out of bed at four o'clock in the morning and uh and i'm on the net looking for stuff to to take to the radio station with me so i've got something to talk about sandra is uh you know she's she's doing all of the things that two parents normally would do in getting five kids ready for school mm. you know i i don't know uh, from her perspective just uh, exactly how she feels about it you know I, well i do she she does it and she's wonderful strength but how she does it i'll i'll never know i you know, she's, she's amazing. Well, I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, behind every great man is a great woman. Yep. And I think someone else added on the end there that the great woman is smirking. Mm. <laughs> but it sounds like you've got a great support base. Oh, no, I do have a great support. Family. Yeah. So, Ross, tell me, did you grow up in a Christian home? Yeah, no, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, although uh, as a kid I, um, well, I was made go to Sunday school. So from that point of view, that that was great. You know, at least I had parents who uh, said, you know, it, it's it's Sunday and you're off you're off to school. I went to a Presbyterian church in, uh, in Lithgow on the Blue Mountains through until high school age. And by that stage of the game, I'd, you know, I'd had enough. I said, oh, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And I suppose that... Uh, that was where my wander away from from Christianity began. And, you know, I had some pretty wild years, um, uh, very wild years, I don't mind saying, um, in Sydney. But I always I always kind of had in the back of my mind that I, I probably should be doing something about, about my spirituality, even to the point where... Uh, you know, I, I, I went and knocked on a pastor's door one night in Sydney in a, in a Presbyterian church in, uh, in North Sydney and, and, and just, you know, asked him about, uh, about religion, I suppose. And, and I guess I was sort of looking for something. And had he, uh, said, look, come in and sit in the lounge room and we'll have a chat. I, you know, I may have given my life to the Lord a lot earlier than I did. As it turns out, he didn't. He said, well, why don't you come back to church on Sunday? And I, sort of wandered away and didn't think much too much more about it. So so I, I guess there was in the back of my mind this niggling thing that said I should be uh, uh, looking at how uh, how I live a little more effectively than I was. And I guess there was a big encounter that you've mentioned to me before about a, a Vietnam vet and a bus driver. How, how does that all fit into the picture? Well, you've heard the stories. <laughs> I suppose over a period of years, my uh, my life sort of ran ever so slowly more and more off the rails. Uh, as I said, my ego got me into enormous trouble in Sydney, and I told a radio station manager where his station should be put. <laughs> and that's not what you do in Sydney when you uh, when you're in radio, because once you're outside the circle, you're well and truly outside the circle, and there's no way in the world you're going to get back in. So we we had a lot of time in Sydney where I was out of work, um, spent a lot of our life savings, and uh, and made the decision to come back to Brisbane, where at least I did have a network of friends. But uh, my life still wasn't in order. Our marriage was suffering as a result of it. It was a terrible time for Sandra and the kids because she couldn't depend on me. You know, I wasn't honest. And so Sandra said, look, I think we should be going to church. We had been going to church in Sydney and they had been just wonderful, wonderful people. And they put us in touch with some people back here in Brisbane. When we came back from Sydney, we started to go to church here. I really didn't know why I was going, but I knew it felt good. And I thought on a Sunday, well, this is great. You know, I feel, and and for an hour and a half, I felt fantastic. Uh, And... Uh, unbeknown to me, things were starting to happen. You know, um, a guy turned up at the church I was uh, going to at the time, Wyndham Gospel Chapel, uh, who had been a uh, Vietnam vet who we had interviewed 
at um, another radio station I was working at in Brisbane, 4BH, and and he just turned up there one Sunday at church, and we renewed um, our friendship, and I um, discovered on this particular Sunday that he had become a Christian, and he was telling me all about it. I thought, well, you know, gee whiz, uh, you know, this is a bloke that uh, during the interview we'd had on the radio had had been a bit of an emotional mess and had broken down and had we'd revisited some some horrible things that had happened to him in Vietnam and he wasn't dealing with them all that well and here he was this particular Sunday seemed to have his two feet firmly planted on the ground and was a happy as happy as I'd ever seen him and I thought gee there must be something to this it didn't um, change me right there and then but uh, a couple of weeks later I was uh, driving through the Gabba and I pulled up behind a a bus and the bus driver had propped suddenly to to pick up some passengers and I was in a hurry to get somewhere and so I abused the living daylights out of this bus driver and wheeled my car around the back of the bus and took off through the Gabba five ways and the and the car just came to a grinding halt right in the middle of the Gabba five ways just uh, the electricals just stopped everything stopped so I thought what do we do here so I got out of the car and uh, to my surprise the bus driver that I'd just abused uh, pulled the bus up behind me, in the middle of the five ways as well, hopped out, left his passengers in the bus, jumped on the back of the car and pushed me through the Gabba five ways and uh, told me to be careful, uh, not to be quite so angry. I said to him, this is, you're, you're, I've just abused you. He said, I know, I saw you. And he said, but uh, you're an angry young man, just uh, take it easy. So, well, nice man, after all. Felt pretty guilty about having... Um, Given him some various gestures and mouthed obscenities at him at the time. And uh, lo and behold, I'm sitting in church the following Sunday. I look along to the end of the pew I'm sitting on, and who should be sitting there but the bus driver? Now, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end, and uh, I, I looked and I thought, surely he won't know me. And he, he leant forward and he nodded. He said, uh, nice to see you in church. <laughs> Is that a coincidence or a God incidence? <laughs> that's a God incidence. I have seven or eight of those stories that I can tell you about people, good Christian people, turning up in my life and basically uh, putting up the wrong way, go back sign. Um, you know, you're headed nowhere, mate. You're with us. Uh, let's funnel you in this direction. And that's exactly what happened. You know, my uh, my existence there uh uh, on that day with that, with the bus driver who'd helped me during that week. It's, it's just phenomenal. I just still scratch my head about that. Now, Ross, after 1995, your life took a big change. Tell us a bit about that. Well, you know, it's changed in every way possible. It's, uh, I'm, I'm now, uh, I'm now playing catch up. That, that's why I work hard. People say, you know, you, you're obsessive compulsive. You, you don't delegate. You work too hard. You throw too many hours in. You know, Matt, I'm making up for lost time. I, I've, I've just spent so much time, uh, ignoring my family that, that I, I've got to put in double time now for the rest of my life to make it up to them. And so I'm, I'm not working for any other reason than, uh, I'm making up for lost time. I spent an awful lot of money I shouldn't have spent. I spent an awful lot of time, time away from home. You know, I, I've got to make it up to them. So your priorities <laughs> change quite a bit, huh? Oh, just a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, your appetite changes. Yeah, yeah and your people will tell you that. And, you know, until you become a Christian, you just don't realise how your appetite does change. You you at first think, what, what a shame, I've got to leave some some good friends behind. And you do, you, you leave good friends behind. Uh, but you realise later that maybe they weren't such good friends, mm. you know. It's, uh, so there it's might one of those some, things. There might be some people listening at the moment that think, yeah, I need to make that change that yeah. Ross did. Yep. What, what would you recommend they do? 
Well, you know, that's that's hard because being born again for every single person is a unique experience and it comes about for everyone uh, through a different set of circumstances. And I think I think you need to want to change. I I didn't want to change. And you really need to, uh, if you like, have uh, hit your lowest ebb and realise that uh, what, whatever you're, you're doing with your life that's not working can be turned around. Uh, but you need to want it. Uh, and and I, I suppose that's, that's my advice to people. If you think you want to change your life, well, the, well, the time is right. And that's when you need to seek some help mm. and, it, and that's only really a matter of uh, seeking out a christian friend if you know if you know there's one you mm. know if you if you know someone's a regular church go in your little circle of friends or or even just go along and have a yarn to your to your local pastor you know go, go maybe go back to your your childhood and uh, if you if you were a regular sunday school attender go and see the pastor of that that particular denomination and have a yarn to him and you know he's going to He's going to set you on the right path. There's no doubt about it. Ross Davey, thanks very much for coming to History Makers. God bless you, mate. Have a great day. Good on you, mate. History Makers.